0: Learn more at marines.com. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes
1: and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Kicking it on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I am your host for the week, Grant Mahoney, joined here by my co-host for the week and producer, Aiden Wyatt. Aiden, how are you?
0: Happy to be here. Thanks for letting me up on the big kids table this week.
1: Of course, man. It's, you know, Thanksgiving. I heard you got to sit at the big kids table at Thanksgiving, so I figured let's (laughs) give you a shot here uh, recording the podcast. Kicking it is brought to you by Kildren Manufacturing. We're also recording in the Wild Rose Casino Studio. Fueled by Cody Road and the studio is furnished by Nebraska Furniture Mart. So there are your ads, Aiden. There you go. How about that game, man? That was a fun game. Top five game Iowa State's played my life, I think. For sure. Um I have never I was never a part of a, a snow game, and I've never really paid attention to snow games. Um mostly because I you know couch football, I just watch Iowa State. Um occasionally, you know, I'll catch an NFL game, I guess, that has snow, mm-hmm. but that was a lot of snow. They, you know, I I'd heard That uh, in the area they got over seven inches of snow and all of last year Manhattan got six something uh, inches of snow all of last winter so like they had as as much snow before during and after that game uh, as they did all of all of last winter
0: see I was excited because it seems like every time we hear it's gonna be a snow game (laughs) who knows what could happen and then there's like an inch of snow, and it's all off the field. And it's not really a snow game, but just it's technically dusted. a snow game. You know, like that that fraud Jeff Woody likes to say he played in the Ice Bowl 2013. It's a f- fake snow
1: He's game. He's a fraud, man. I encourage our listeners to take what he says with a grain of salt. The dude just lied. No. Um father, game, though. Father of one, Jeff Woody, no, That's right. Father of one, Jeff Woody. Beautiful little daughter. Um, interesting, too, that Kansas State, being in a state that get snow every winter Mm -hmm. you don't have the proper equipment to to get the snow off the field Uh, I mean I I can appreciate that they got like the the yard markings but at halftime I would hope that they would have had you know a, a tractor or something out there brushing off the snow but
0: did yeah. you see that there was a, I'm not sure who it was, but there might've been a phallic shape made in the snow. Break.
1: <laughs> no, I did not see that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Props to, I did hear that, um, on, on those listening on the radio uh, on my way to, I went to go meet up with a buddy, uh, to watch it at, at a bar. And, uh, I, I did hear on the radio, uh, Walters, I think I text you guys this, Walter, maybe not, uh, Walters went down to Harclown. I was like, Hark, how is it down there? And Harclown was like, well, it's it's tough because these students are over here throwing snowballs at me and if you can dodge a <laughs> wrench you can dodge a snowball and i love spicy john walters and he goes, he goes um something like well hark grab a snowball and throw it back at him see those kids like it <laughs> <laughs> i'm like yeah all right john uh all right let's let's dive into the game man that was a that was a fun game i think that's one you know williams just talked about it too he talked about it in his post game that that'll be a game that we talk about for you know decades to it, come it
0: already has a name for it snowmageddon, snowmageddon I mean, maybe. You, in, s-
1: you slap any name on any game and it's
0: it's there forever. That's right. That's
1: right. And, you know, you, you could say snow again. You could say the Abu Sama game um, for some reason before the game started. I thought I, I didn't know that Norton and Sanders were out, but I thought this this will be a big game for Sama, I've got a feeling. And then you guys tell me that Norton and Sanders are. out. I was like, oh, OK, well, here we go, boo. Then um, dude went off. Um, so I just I want to dive into some of the stats from the game, because this was a very um, <laughs> it was an awesome game. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, so as we know, um, Sama had the first play of the game was a 71-yard touchdown, which we saw that in 2021 with mm-hmm. brisol last time he played at Manhattan. Um, 71-yard touchdown run. He also had a 77-yard touchdown run and a 60-yard touchdown run. So he had 16 carries for 276 yards, averaged 17.6 yards per carry. <laughs> and I've, I, I've, been, I've been pounding the Abu Sama drum all year, saying he needs to get more, more reps in. You know Texas is tough Texas has got a great defensive line so no one looked to get against them um, and I think this was just kind of a, a, a perfect storm no, no pun intended where you know Abu got his shot and just yeah, he was patient and found the lanes and just mm-hmm. took off and you know occasionally got a boost from a, from Kansas State defenders but it was so awesome to see him not just him but this entire team being how young they are play the way they did mm-hmm. and, and get to the when they did in the way they did
0: yeah going back to the that push I had never seen anything like that. That was great. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know who it was for Kansas State, but.
1: Number eight, yeah, he <laughs> he, he got, got torched. Before. He got. I think he took a bad angle on his, on his first one too and then he eventually got tripped up by one of his teammates who dove for Osama and missed him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was listening to a Kansas State podcast on the way here and um, <laughs> that guy was like, they need to just like get rid of the guy's scholarship. Like, what are you doing? Like, he didn't try to like bump the ball out. Tackle him. Nothing. You just like sprung him forward. Like, what right. do you do? it, it reminded me boost. yeah, it reminded me of, and I texted you guys, just the, you know, the Ricky Bobby slingshot. Just, <laughs> um, where Abu boost. did have a great game. I think Jalen Nolan might have had a more impressive game. Um, because he had three catches three for 160 yards, including an eight an 82 yard touchdown catch where you, you know, hopped and then did a little shimmy shake and then sprinted down the sideline, which was really smart finding the, the grass. Yeah. And he didn't even get touched on that play. No, he just crazy. He didn't really smart though finding the grass to Mm -hmm. because no you know no one out there had good footing so Mm -hmm. you you find the grass where you can and yeah he found it and was gone so 82 yard touchdown then also had a 70 yard 79 yard touchdown on a slant um just a beautiful ball by by Rocco and you know I was talking to my buddy while we were watching the game and and he was like I think Iowa State might be the best he's like I've got no no bearings because I can't compare to anybody else but I think Iowa State has the best slant game in America and they abuse it they do I mean almost too much but (laughs)
0: Well, against Texas, it seemed like, you know, when third they're down, load one side, knowing that Texas was a man coverage or cover zero on a blitz or whatever it was, mm-hmm. you know, and that backside slant was just open all day. Yep. So slight merchants, Iowa State,
1: maybe. That's right. Not a problem. Though. Well, yeah. and and I, th- I feel like Rocco is, I don't think he has a weak arm, but he's, he's very accurate, um, which, I mean, bodes well for slants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you need your quarterback, especially a young quarterback, you know, early in the season, which obviously it's not early in the season, but. Early in the season, you need your young quarterback to get some uh, some confidence. What better than right. you know, short short routes and slants are there? It's kind of just um, the layups. That's right. I will say, too, that on that, if, if you're able to go back and watch it on that, the, the first run by Abu, um, who was it? It was uh, Steve O'Klotz. Steve O'Klotz and Easton Dean are the ones that, like, part of the Red Sea for mm-hmm. him but steve-o and um bramer were double teaming a guy and they, they pancake the guy they both kind of fell down you see them running down like celebrating abu running in the end zone and they hug each other <laughs> midfield i was like that's that's just love that's, it for the big boys that's fun to see especially around know, right, right the gates um and then on jalen's long touchdown run um what will go missed? bramer didn't have a great game as far as like receiving wise you know i love that we tried to run more mm-hmm. of those tight end yeah. tunnels Caught onto us though i mean we've run a you know, couple couple weeks in a row, but. On Jalen's long scamper down the sideline there, Bramer had a really nice block that sealed off that edge on the sideline that allowed Jalen to go down the sideline. So, um, you know, shout out to him. But I want to talk about some of the wild stats. And, and and Williams, he he had tweeted this. So I'm just going to go through a few of them that stuck out to me. This might be all the ones that he tweeted, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through the ones I've got here. So Iowa State only had two plays on Kansas State's side of the field uh, and zero plays were in the red zone. So the closest we got was... Uh, Jaden Higgins I think it was a 33 yard mm-hmm. touchdown pass that, that was the closest Which, before we move on
0: I thought it was kind of funny that you know I would say had been pounding the Abu Sama game and I think Jalen Nolan had a couple of catches and maybe one catch at that point but all of a sudden it was like all right we're just gonna throw it to our other weapon yeah and two catches and a touchdown yeah
1: yeah Easy and, and I think those are the only two catches that Higgins had were on that yep. drive yeah um so we had no plays in the red zone and the longest drive of the game for Iowa State was four plays um, Kansas State had the ball for 42 minutes and 12 seconds compared to Iowa State's 17 minutes and 48 seconds. Kansas State ran 102 plays to Iowa State's 35. And keep in mind, three of those 35 plays were kneel downs. So really Iowa State got 42 points on 32 plays. And I think I think Sama had yeah, he had 16 rushes. So half of our half of Iowa State's plays were Abu Sama rushes. They ain't broke. That's right. Hot hand. Um and then, lastly, Kansas State had 32 first downs to Iowa State's 10. Which, you know, when you're getting 60, 70 yard touchdowns, mm-hmm. you don't really need first downs; just get in the end zone. So, it's great though. I mean, I I Kansas State is is the number one team in the Big 12 that I hate the most. And so, for the fact that you know that Iowa State beat them in the way that they did, in just such a fun fashion of like, oh, we only need two plays, and then we're gone, uh, and and to just you know poo-poo on their season and end it the way they did their fans are just so entitled. And, um, I get it. You know, they went to the, to the big 12 championship game last year. As I mentioned, I was listening to a podcast on the way here and, and the guy in the podcast, he said, you know, this is gonna, this is gonna go down as, as a big, what if season for Kansas state, you know, he's like, we should be 12 and zero playing in Arlington. And I'm like, they're just so delusional. And my mom used to always have this saying, um, that I, that I think fits well for them. And it's Kansas state fans. She didn't say this about Kansas state fans, but just in general that they think their are hot snot on a silver platter. But really, they're just a cold, crusty booger on a paper plate. <laughs> that is, that is what I feel like Kansas State fans are. Is that they think they're hot snot, but they're really just cold, crusty boogers. And I'm glad that Iowa State put them in their in their place and beat them. And Iowa State beat them so bad, Will Howard decided to enter the transfer portal. So, see ya. Time for uh, they do. They do have a good freshman quarterback though. Yeah. Uh, Avery, so Avery Johnson, but not
0: gonna speculate anything on that. But yeah, you think maybe that kansas state as a program was ready to move on from will howard um
1: th- i had seen on social media that um that he, he thinks he's going to notre dame and i don't know i mean i don't know well, I, I guess i'll take a step back i really don't like the thing i don't like about nil right now and we don't need to talk about this but that schools are able to talk to players who are on teams well look at you know the nba it's a big problem it's tampering right
0: there's no no
1: repercussions in yeah. college. I don't like that. So has Notre Dame been talking to Will Howard? I don't know. But I did see that after the game, our guy we had on last week, Tim Fitzgerald, he has insider knowledge that he feels like um, Notre Dame and Will Howard have been talking. So he thinks Will Howard's going to go to Notre Dame. So I think interesting. I think they were ready to move on from Will Howard. Um, their third string quarterback, Jake Rubley, also um, entered the transfer portal, who, if you remember, in 2020... There were some states that didn't have um, mm-hmm. football. Yep. He, he came from Colorado and went to Valley. Oh, okay. Yep. I forgot about that. Yep, so he played at Valley his senior year. Um, looked very pedestrian. I was surprised he was still a four-star, but um, nonetheless, into the transfer portal, um, there he goes. Um, I want to give a shout-out, too, to Contreras and Tyler Perkins. Um, kicking the football, one, in cold weather sucks. It's like kicking a rock, um, but two, kicking in inches of snow you know, was... I can imagine it was very very tough. So mm-hmm. Perkins, as a punter, you know, ideally, you know, I, di- I, don't, I, don't, I didn't see him do this, but ideally, what you would like is to have a smooth path, and you know, whatever direction you're going to punt the ball. Well, if he didn't clear away snow, there could have been bumps and lumps and whatever in the path he was going. So that is tough as a punter um, to walk your path while going through non-flat a non-flat surface, but then also swinging your foot through, you know inches of snow so Mm -hmm. shout out to Perkins you know he had an average of I think 38.8 yards on four punts, long of 44 um basically out there kicking rocks um which sucks and then Contreras uh was six or six on PATs didn't need a didn't need a field goal because we were just too busy scoring touchdowns um and again kicking those footballs suck and there was one PAT that um this the snap was um you know out of out of Perkins area and shout out Perkins for, for for getting it and getting it down and it looked like chase basically no step to PAT um, which is not an easy thing to do but you know got it over and made it so you know shout out to him too. Um, shout, so, out to, shout out to Nalbach too um, you mm-hmm. know he, I, I know I've kind of been on his ass this year. Um, he had a great game and it was tough you know tough conditions and he he put the ball right where he needed to be aside from that one PAT but again it's that's, that's, that's tough to be perfect especially in those conditions.
0: Yeah so I know you mentioned you had never played in a snow game or anything like that but what phase of special teams do you think is the most difficult? In those conditions, whether it's like snapping, holding, catching the snap on a punt, whatever could be returning.
1: Yeah, um, that's a good question. I feel like um, I may be biased. Maybe kick off um, because the kicker one needs to. I
0: feel like that plant foot. If you slip or anything, you, it's
1: well. Yeah, the plant foot. But then also like, if you are on the on the um, coverage team you don't really have much traction so you're trying to run full mm-hmm. speed mm-hmm. basically on on ice and then you you know what you have to slow up to try to find the lanes and so thankfully you know iowa state well i mean i guess you know everyone's playing in the snow so no one's really got right. traction but i feel like it takes you saw with with abu it takes one lane to open up mm-hmm. and people are three steps behind right. you um but i think all i think all phases are are affected um but i think the most would probably be Maybe kickoff or, you know, like we saw on, on punts, you know, um, the ball is not going to bounce at all. So that's why I'm, I'm glad that Perkins just, he got into it. And there was one that I think I would say pinned him within the five mm-hmm. that on a normal day with no snow, you know, it probably would have bounced in the end zone. Yeah. But with the snow, it, it hit and went like two yards and just kind of kind of spun and stopped.
0: So do you think Perkins kind of had the mindset to change how he punted since you're not really relying? I mean, if you're looking for, you know, if he's trying to boot a 50 plus yard or something, you know, you might be relying on some bounce or something. Mm hmm kicking it away from a returner but on the flip side in the situation where he pinned him inside the 10 or the 5 or whatever it was do you think you can put a little more on it and be like you know what it's not gonna bounce today so i can just kick it as far as i want as long as it doesn't go in the end zone
1: yeah i think i think you can um especially in those conditions with you know the snow is falling and i might be making all this up the snow falling the ball is probably a little bit heavier i'm guessing the snow probably you know it's going to weigh the ball down a little bit Mm -hmm. as far as like a flight it's not going to you know quite go as high as if it was on a perfectly sunny day but yeah I you know because Perkins would usually drop it um oh I'm trying to think of what it's called I can't think of what it's called but basically we drop the ball straight down and you want to kind of kick the underside of it Mm -hmm. so it gets that backspin and the thought on that on a a normal sunny day is that it'll it'll hit and then kick back I don't think he did that um on those and if he did um still smart but yeah get into it i would, I would mm-hmm. i'm glad he did have a good game and I'm, I'm guessing he probably did just yeah get into it because um knowing that the ball wasn't really going to bounce which that's something you see in, in pregame and at a half-time, you know um you can kind of judge from where you're good and just get into it and see how the ball bounces i'm sure you saw enough that the ball wasn't really going anywhere mm-hmm. um so yeah he's able to get into it and have himself a good game um is there a rule oh sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say that the, the one thing i would say if, if i was being nitpicky um Again, weird condition, weird games is that uh, Jalen and Jalen's been very good all year on on punt return. The only thing I would say um, is that he was really slow or really late at calling off like the Peter, Peter, like basically get away from the ball. And again, it might have been hard to see the ball in the snow. So by by the time he could see it, it might have been too late, um, which is which is why we saw the ball, you know, hit off bacon Mm because he didn't he didn't hear that in time. I'm guessing Um, my own nitpick. But again, weird game, you know, not good. Perfect.
0: Yeah. So I was going to ask: Is there a rule in college? I think it's a rule in the NFL. Maybe they might have changed it, but I know the Bears got in trouble for it a couple of years ago. You can't, uh, like, on a hold. You're not allowed to move snow or something like that. Or maybe, actually, that might have been a towel with rain. I'm thinking about it. You
1: know what um, I'm trying to say
0: though.
1: Yeah, I, I think you can. I, th- you can? I think, I think okay. you can. You know, move the ball. Um, you mean like on a, like on a field goal? Like to yeah, like the holder brings out a towel or something and then wipes.
0: I don't know if you the can ground. use ground. I don't know if like if you
1: can't use props, yeah. but you can you should be able to use your, your hand. Um you know, I, I know they 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 don't like guys that you know on, on field goals, they don't like guys that um mark it. If, if they catch you marking where the spot is mm-hmm. at, like where your hand mm-hmm. is at, um you could get in trouble for that. But when I was kicking, my holder would always, if we were near a hash, would always pull up some white grass and put it down. Um occasionally um he would bring sunflower seeds with him and would just have him in his back pocket and pop him in his mouth as we run out there. And he would yep. put two or three and put him down on the spot. Um, Sneaky. Yeah. So <laughs> that's when we got to kind of get around. But as far as like wiping off, clearing an area, I think you can, but as far as props, I don't know. Gotcha. Uh, I'm not sure um, if that's allowed or not. So that's kind of all we got up with, with the game though. Um, I guess, well, I guess one last thing I will say is that obviously, you know, Norton and Sanders did not travel. Um, was hurt. Um, didn't play. I don't think Nickel played either, um, and so we saw a lot of Drew Sergis. We saw a lot of young guys. I'm not sure if
0: um, Ben Nickel was hurt or not. I saw a picture of after the game, and he was in one of the giant coats, like a parka. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so
1: I, I saw he was in the same thing as Verdun. That That's yeah, that's all that I right. saw too. So I, I figured he'd because I I can't remember if Sergis is the uh, is the backup for um, Verdon or. Well, no, I guess yeah. I, I guess you're right. Yeah, because yeah, okay. Either way. Um, impressive game though I guess what I was going to say is that the team is very young you know you mm-hmm. look across the board on offense you know Iowa State loses Hufford you know he is the only senior that um, I guess Hufford and Dean I think Easton still has a a COVID year Hufford might as well um, but I think both those guys will probably move on um, other than that though Iowa State doesn't have any any seniors they w- would be gone
0: yeah and I'm, I'm looking at a Pete Thamel tweet you know Dave Aranda sticking around at Baylor. That was a big deal. And uh, tweeted, the case for optimism pushing forward includes a talented core of young players. Baylor played the most freshmen in the Big 12 in 2023, with 24 true and redshirt freshmen playing 4,500 snaps. Lies. Well, Derek, could you clap back? That's right. Iowa State played 32 freshmen, a combined 4,771 snaps this fall.
1: That's crazy. That's crazy. And so, I mean, you look across the board, and, and Iowa State has so much youth and... You know, we saw this with with Brock Purdy, you know, the Brock Purdy regime where, you know, every year you, you obviously want to get better and better and better. And by year three and four with all those older guys, you expect to have a great year. And unfortunately, we didn't have a good mm-hmm. year or, you know, what year we, should, we were thinking Iowa State was going to have. Um, but this team just feels different. Yep. This team feels different. Um, not, not different from, you know, the, the, the Brock Purdy era. I feel like it feels very similar to the Brock Purdy era. But I feel like the Brock Purdy era, they were kind of laying the foundation of what it means mm-hmm. to win and what it means to be great. And that's all that these guys in the program know, aside from last year, but right. that's all that they know is the culture that has been established by the Dave Montgomery's, the Brees Halls, the Brock mm-hmm. And I think the sky's the limit for these guys. And I'm, I'm probably drunk on the Kool-Aid. I said earlier in the year, I'm, I'm a terrible betting man, but I hope someone listened to me when I said, I think this team's gonna go six and six or seven and five. Um, and here we are, seven and five. Bill's Grant, no ball, people are asking. Um, yes. <laughs> Football, basketball. I did say I would say I was going to win the uh, the basketball tournament, and we did not. Um, we can talk about that another time when when Schuster is is not on his deathbed. Um, He's not actually dying; just has the flu, just has the poops. Um, but the team the team's super young, so I think mm-hmm. I think next year, you know, obviously losing Tampa and Vaughn, which Vaughn, I'm glad he had an interception this game. Love to see seniors on like their last you know few mm-hmm. games. It was awesome to see Easton Dean get a touchdown on a senior night. Great to see Vaughn. Basically, I guess, no, Iowa State, I guess, still stopped him, but he stopped the Kansas State drive, mm-hmm. you know, to have, to have a good game because he's he's kind of been overshadowed by, um, you know, a few things this, this year and, yep. and, you know, maybe hasn't had the kind of year he's wanted to, but I'm glad to see him have, a, have an interception. But on defense, Iowa State basically, aside from anybody transferring, so, you know, I'm not trying to knock it on wood, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully no one does transfer. Um, Iowa State basically just loses Vaughn and Tampa on defense, and then on offense Dean and Hufford so
0: right what, and tw- that's with no one entering the portal no one declaring for the draft or anything like that yep
1: which i don't i don't think anybody on defense would declare early um Tampa would have been the only guy last year yeah which would've.
0: i think Tampa technically has a year left but
1: he's gone he's yeah, out and around yeah. and then on offense i don't think anybody would leave early either um yeah, I don't think anybody should leave early. Mm-hmm. I should say, because um, you got mostly freshmen, sophomores, and then you know across the line we've got, um, Neal's a sophomore, Hufford obviously senior, yep. Boniface is a sophomore, Black is a uh, true freshman, and then Tyler Miller is a junior, quarterback, and running back are freshmen, mm-hmm. freshman, freshman for both running backs. We got a good freshman coming in next year. Higgins and Noel are both juniors. Daniel Jackson's a junior, so our our receivers are older. Um, but there's some young guys waiting in the wings, right? And then freshman, uh, or I guess tight end, you've got Bramer as a freshman. Dean is a senior, obviously. Um, but then you've got Gabe Burkle and um, Tyler Moore. I think they're both redshirt freshmen. Tyler Moore might be a redshirt sophomore. Okay, I think underclassman though. Underclassman regardless. And yeah. then um, Andrew Keller is one guy who was a good tight end too. That I think he got hurt and hasn't hasn't played yet. So hopefully he sticks around because mm-hmm. he's got a bright future. And then defense, you know. On the defensive side, you've got um, Joey Peterson, Jr. You've got um, J.R. Singleton, Jr., or Dom Orange, the uh, big citrus as uh, a sophomore, true sophomore. And then on the other end, you got Ike Iziagu, who was a redshirt freshman, I believe. Mm-hmm. played a lot. He played yeah. a lot this last game. And then the other D-end, um, Tyler Onyedem, I think is a junior as well, too. Sophomore, junior. Sophomore, I mm-hmm. think. He's, a, he's a young guy. Look it up. Young guy. But then, you know, linebackers, you got uh, Willich, redshirt freshman. You got Sadowski, true freshman. You got McLaughlin, I think, true sophomore. Vaughn, who is a uh, a senior. So he'll be gone. Then you got Tampa, senior. He'll be gone. Perch is a junior. So he'll most likely come back. Mm-hmm. But then you've got um, Jontez Williams, I think, is also, uh, I think he played cornerback. Yeah. He's a redshirt freshman. I, I think, think so. Then you got Freeler and Verdun, both juniors. Or is Verdun a sophomore? Mm-hmm. Free, free, Freeler Freezer is a is a junior, and I think Cooper and Verdon are both um, sophomores, maybe. But then you got. him Aber-
0: is a redshirt sophomore, by the way. Yep. So.
1: Yep, and then you got just Drew, one. Drew Sergis, who is a Verdon redshirt sophomore. Yep, and then Cooper is a true sophomore, and then Sergis is a uh, Drew Sergis is, is a walk. He's a walk on, but I think he's a. Looked this up. He might be a true freshman. I think you're right. That's super impressive. A a a true freshman, walk on playing in the defense is impressive. You can be you can be a true freshman on the offensive side and you have a little bit more room for air but as far as a like defensive guy mm-hmm. playing in the in the schematic um I guess the schematic defense that Iowa State runs that's super impressive for surges to be I'm sure he'll earn a, I'm sure he'll earn a scholarship uh, at some point. But yeah, point in case the team is very young. Um I will say you know Perkins is a sophomore as well too. Contreras is a senior so he'll be gone. Um, but then Knobloch is also long snapper. He's a, a redshirt freshman. Um, so Contreras will be gone. Jace Gilbert is a, is a true sophomore. I I think he'll stick around. He, I think he has a chance to play next year as well too. But I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa State goes mm-hmm. transfer portal hunting right. again. Um, transfer kickers have been good to Iowa State. Um, and I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pound this you know un, until it comes true. I think Contreras has the ability to play on Sundays too. So keep an eye out for that. So that's all I was going to say about the game. you yeah, got anything else you want to say I talk got about? one more thing while Let's we're talking
0: freshmen. So you played, did you played one year under Chizik? Yep. So you were part of two coaching staffs. I was. What is the philosophy between, how is it different between them and Matt Campbell's staff when it comes to playing freshmen? Because I feel like I could be wrong, but when you were in school, it was a lot of upperclassmen that were getting majority of the reps, not just at Iowa State, but across college football, it was dominated by... Older guys. Now we're seeing a lot of freshmen and sophomore making big time plays for pretty much anyone.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with with transfers too and NIL, um, and guys leaving early. Probably you know you, you've seen a lot of juniors that are coming out um, going too. But when I played for when I played under Chiswick, he really wanted to get his guys in. So a lot of us played as freshmen. Like Leonard Johnson mm-hmm. came in played as a freshman. He beat out a senior. Um, was he better than him? I, I don't know. But I think that was Chiswick's thing. Is like he, you know, he. Chesley goes under the impression that Iowa State has been so bad for so long that I'm going to get my guys in, that I can recruit the guys, and the guys that I bring in are going to be better than guys that are on the roster. Now, as far as Campbell, I think, and, and the era that we're in, I think I think Coach Campbell sees it as, if you are good enough to play, I'm going to play you. And I think that's why we've seen a lot of guys rotating in, because he knows that if you're sitting on the bench and you're a talented freshman, there's a good chance you're going to enter the transfer portal. And so if if you are good enough to play, Campbell will play you because he doesn't want mm-hmm. you to to, to leave. Yeah. That, that's why we saw, you know, Jamison Patton. Yeah, yeah, he came in and played. Um, another guy did mention. He he came and played um, a lot these last few games. And yeah, Cooper was hurt, but he's one of those guys that's very talented that he should have been playing. And had Cooper not been on, you know, had Cooper not been on the team, Patton probably seen a lot more playing mm-hmm. time. But I think that is kind of Campbell's philosophy: is that um, if you're good enough, we're going to play we And and we think that our two deeps you know, are just as good. So that's yeah. why they want to keep fresh bodies in, um, which we've seen a lot of guys rotating in. Um know, the, the future's bright. Um yeah, it's uh it's, it's promising. Again, I'm probably drunk on the Kool-Aid. Um, but next year we're gonna win two uh, ten games. Call it now. Said it before, say it again, next year we're winning ten games. Um so one other thing I wanna talk about is is bowl projections. Um so Iowa State finishes the year seven and five. Um I believe they're tied for third in the big in the big twelve. I think
0: they finished fourth. Technically tied for
1: fourth. Yeah, yeah. tied for tied for yeah. fourth. Because um, it was
0: Oklahoma State, obviously, Texas, obviously, and then OU was one game ahead, I believe.
1: Yep. Yeah. So looking at everything here, uh Kansas State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Kansas all have better records than Iowa State, but our um Oklahoma State, um, no, I was going to say that Oklahoma State and Kansas State both have better records in the Big Twelve Conference, and I think they do. But Iowa State owns head-to-heads over Kansas State and Oklahoma State, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see you know what happens here in, on championship um, championship Saturday here because the the big things that'll come into play will be Georgia Alabama. Got to think Georgia will win that one. They'll stay in. Michigan's already in. Um, they're gonna I mean they're gonna demolish Iowa, so they're gonna they'll be in. And then you've got. Um, because we're the top four right now.
0: Georgia. Well, I guess Mich- Ohio State won't be anymore, but they were. Because no. it was two and three for the game last weekend. So I think it was Alabama, Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, Washington four.
1: Yeah, so I th- I, th- I think the top four right now in no order is, is Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Washington. I feel bad, Florida State. Yeah. Jordan so, Travis going down. I really so, like them too. So what I was, was going to say is that, you know... Iowa State, and I guess all the Big 12, it would it would behoove the Big 12 for Texas to beat Oklahoma State and work their way into the college football playoffs. And so the ACC championship game is Louisville and Florida State. Louisville just lost to Kentucky, mm-hmm. but as you mentioned, Florida State's um, Jordan Travis done for the season, yeah. their backup quarterback has not looked good. Um, they... Yeah, it's a rivalry game, but they struggled with Florida, who ended up five and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if Louisville beats Florida State, which side note, hell of a first year by Jeff Brohm yeah. at, at Louisville, who came from Purdue, mm-hmm. awesome year for him. Um, if if Florida State beats, or if uh, Louisville beats Florida State, that's good for the Big Twelve. Uh, assuming Texas wins. Um, also, Washington and um, Oregon play. So those two teams are both, you know, in the kind of right in the same mix where Texas is um, right now. Washington is um, is ranked higher than Oregon, but Oregon is like a nine and a half point favorite. Mm-hmm. So I, d- I don't think if Oregon beats Washington, that is best case scenario for the Big Twelve, um, because I think I think that wipes Washington out. Florida State be washed out. T- uh, Texas would jump up. I don't think Oregon would jump Texas. Their strength of schedule is is booty. They're not very good. Yeah. Um so that that's what we want as as I would say fans, we want Texas to get in the college football playoffs because then that that moves um the, the bowl yeah, game moves, rankings
0: up. Yep. That and money.
1: And know, money and money one conference yeah. gets money. Yep. I don't
0: know if it works like this with the college football playoff, but the NCAA tournament, like FAU. So they were in I can't remember what conference they're in last year, but they joined I think they're in conference USA. Sounds right. They joined the American this year. Didn't know that. So they went to the final four basketball. They
1: went to the championship game.
0: Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. No, no, Final Four, you're right. So, you know, the conference gets the money, and then it gets spread out between schools. Well, the money comes the year after, so FAU didn't see a dime of their Final Four run. Oh,
1: dude, that'd be such... So hear me th- out. That'd be great. I, I know where Texas you're going. Texas makes great. the
0: playoff, and they don't see any money from it.
1: That would be awesome.
0: I don't know if that's how it works for the college football playoff. I know that's how that works for any Subway tournament. That,
1: anyway. would be, that would be so just like
0: so there's a lot of good that could come with the Enjoy Texas. the SEC I mean, and all the money you're gonna have yeah. there.
1: We'll take the money you got from if if that is true, that'd
0: be great. It's honestly a win-win for the Big Twelve having Texas and Oklahoma State in because it's either Texas loses and hey, they didn't win the Big Twelve title and they ended the way that they have been for the last fifteen years, which is irrelevant. That's right. They haven't no
1: done they haven't done since two thousand nine. So yeah. um yeah, so if, if Texas wins, then you know, Oklahoma would probably jump up. I don't I don't think oklahoma state would be in the fiesta bowl but then uh I th- it's an automatic oh, wait you're talking if texas wins yeah see i don't know how that
0: works whether it's just like oh they were technically the big 12 runner-up so they just get like the conference championship bid essentially yeah or if the fiesta bowl can just be like hey we kind of want oklahoma instead
1: yeah because oklahoma state finished nine and three but they beat oklahoma and oklahoma finished 10 right. two exactly um <laughs> So that'd be tough, and I'm not, I'm not sure what both communities look at if they look at head-to-head, because if they do, I could see Iowa State jumping Oklahoma State and Kansas mm-hmm. State. Um, I, I could see Iowa State jumping Oklahoma State and Kansas State because they beat them, but also Kansas because they kind of flooded down the stretch. Um, but then also West Virginia. West Virginia finished 8-4, and four, which... Kind of pulled down a little bit, but... Well, but Neil Brown saved his job. He sure did. He was, he was in the hot seat this year. Um, speaking of hot seat, though, um, Houston fired Dana Holgerson, so we'll have a new coach coming in next year at least one baylor uh aranda sticking around so i think we'll just have one new coach probably in As of right now yeah yeah um so the best case scenario texas goes to college football playoffs oklahoma or oklahoma state doesn't matter they go to the fiesta bowl and then from there it kind of trickles down so i'm gonna i'm gonna go through you know kind of where different outlets have iowa state projected and just kind of talk about those games um, just just for a hair so right now uh, CBS Sports projects Iowa State would play in the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth versus the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. Get some uh I, I would hate that game to be honest. Um but it'd be good to get some you know payback. It's revenge game. I cannot imagine we'd lose to freaking Louisiana again. I mean, we were without Charlie Kohler and there was no nobody in the stands. Um that game is played in TCU Stadium, so no thank you. I mean, in my opinion, bowl games should be played in destinations and cities and stadiums that You never get to play in that. That's Mm -hmm. that's that's the fun of bowl games, right? Um, so you know, if if there was ever a bowl game that was played in Jack Trice Stadium, like I would hope that Iowa State would never play in that. That'd be so deflating, if in my opinion. So that's where CBS projects Iowa State to play in the Armed Forces Bowl. Athlon projects Iowa State to play in the Bahamas Bowl versus California, which would be sweet. Yeah, I mean that'd be a lot of fun to go to the Bahamas because the way bowl games work is if the game is on a, a Saturday, typically you'll get there like on a Sunday or Monday and you're there for about a week and, and there's you practice every day, you know, get acclimated to the, to the area wh- wherever you're at. But then it's a week, it's a week of um, events and stuff that are just out of this world. Like when we played in the, in the pinstripe bowl, one day we um, went to ground zero. So we saw where nine 11 was, we went to the empire state building. Um, we took a, it was just, just the team. So the coaches weren't even there, which I'm not sure why they, you know, why there's no, Adult supervisors because we we're a bunch of knuckleheads, mm-hmm. but we behaved ourselves uh, well enough. We had a yacht a yacht dinner where we were fed dinner on this yacht, just kind of cruised around and whatever that body of water is yeah. around the uh, the Statue of Liberty. So it was really cool. So you you see a lot of stuff. You know, and we get st- to play at Yankee Stadium, the play, old Yankee Stadium. Played at Yankee Stadium. Um, I had Jorge Posada's locker, um, and Alex Rodriguez's locker was next to next to mine. Who had that one? Um, I don't remember. But uh, I may get in trouble for saying this. He had he had thirteen um, like hand painted posters that he was to sign. I snagged one of them <laughs> and uh, gave it to my buddy who was a huge uh, Yan- Yankees fan. Um, and I am not sure where it's at right now. So I hope I don't get in trouble. Brandon Michelson has that poster now. So <laughs> you are gonna come after someone. Go after him. He lives in Sierra Iowa.
0: I think uh, Woody has a story. I don't think he stole it on the show before, but. Before the game, he had brought his baseball glove with him. Yep, and played, and played catch with Chris Hassel.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. It, yeah. it was, um, so yeah. Also, the day before the game, we had like a there there was like different like like uh mixers, if you will. Um, so like we played Rutgers that year, and the day before the game, we had like a a, a dinner, like a welcome dinner or whatever mm-hmm. it was. I think it was the day before. Maybe maybe it's a couple of days before. Anyways, but. There's like a magician there. There's like a live band there. There was it was a lot of fun. And then and then you have like your 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 like uh hospitality suites where you'll you'll see Iowa State post like videos of it where they've got like the that, that basketball game mm-hmm. where it's like basketball and there's like netting on the side. Yeah. Probably like ski ball, air hockey, video games. Um there's snacks galore. So um it's awesome. Bowl games are awesome. Um so that's why I hope we don't play in like Fort Worth, which is still cool to be in Fort Worth, but you want to go to a city mm-hmm. like the Bahamas. Would right. Be, I guess the Bahamas isn't a city, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To
1: your happy place For a happy price Go to your happy price price Priceline
0: So one thing while we're on the subjects of having fun at bowl games a lot of people say that bowl games are pointless now I am a believer that they are not pointless I don't think they are So you've been a part of teams that were in bowl games, that have won bowl games that didn't make bowl games, and that lost a bowl game So explain to me the non-college football player, why a bowl game matters, and why winning takes it to the next level.
1: So, the the biggest thing why bowl games matter is especially with Iowa State's team where they're at. They're young. You get an extra month, uh, well, depending on when the game is, but usually about a month of extra practices. Where if you know, say Iowa we were, were to go four and eight again this year, right now those guys are back home. I mean, they're, they're done. They're done. I mean, they may not be back home, but but the team would typically give them. A week or two off, Mm -hmm. um, you know, finish up finals or whatever you've got, go home, rest with your family, then come back. And at that point, as a senior, you're done. You're just taking classes. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, especially if you're not going on to the to the NFL or not preparing for the NFL, um, you're done. But for Iowa State, it's huge because they're so young. That extra month of practices is um, invaluable. I mean, you you can't get enough practices with your young players. But for as young as Iowa State is, that's going to be huge for them. Um so I'll be curious to see, you know, where, where they go um and, and who their opponent is because I think Iowa State put themselves beating Kansas State, they put themselves in a in a in a really good position because they have of those five teams, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, West Virginia, and Iowa State, they have the two most impressive wins mm-hmm. um over, you know, they, they have two of the better teams in that group of five right there. Um victories over over two of them.
0: So I have the list for big twelve bowl partners here. Mm-hmm. So the Sugar Bowl I think replace the Fiesta Bowl. I think Fiesta Bowl is just a college football playoff at large. Yeah, that that makes sense. That makes sense. So it could be the the Fiesta Bowl, but technically the Big Twelve tie-in is the Sugar Bowl, and then it goes Alamo Pop Tart Bowl, Tax Act, which is the one in Fort Worth, right? I
1: think the Pop Tart Bowl used to be the the, Camping World Bowl, which Iowa State played um, Mm -hmm. Notre Dame and Clemson in.
0: So that would be the third bowl game. So if you go by order of Big Twelve standings. Hypothetically. Texas makes the playoff. Then you go Oklahoma State. I don't know if they would still get in that large or not with that.
1: I would guess Oklahoma would probably jump them.
0: So maybe, let's say Oklahoma's there. Th-
1: Oklahoma that, would, that would be best case for Iowa State if, yeah, if Oklahoma right. jumps them. Mm-hmm.
0: And then Oklahoma State goes to Alamo. Iowa State might have a chance to pop start Bowl. Maybe. I think they would. Who knows. But uh, after that, it's the Tax Act Bowl. Then it's Liberty, guaranteed rate, Armed Forces, and the Independence Bowl in Shreveport.
1: Yeah, and the the guaranteed rate bowl um is formerly the Insight bowl, which I played in 2009, and then it was like the, it's gone through like seven name changes. Yeah, it's, it was then Buffalo Wild Wings mm-hmm. and then Cheez-Its, which now Cheez-Its is a different bowl. I think Cheez-Its was the Camping World Bowl, which is now it's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. Um so
0: there's so, that <clears throat> Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, Go for it. Do you know where the guaranteed rate bowl is played?
1: The Guaranteed Ray Bowl, it's yes, I've got that in my notes here. Where's it played? It's played at Chase Field, yes. which is home of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Exactly. Um, I would not like that either because playing in Yankee Stadium, yes, it was cool playing in Yankee Stadium, planting on what was um the infield, so the, the, the sand, you know, it's like between first, second, third base, planting on that brutal because they basically just laid sod down and there was a bunch of snow, rain and snow. I think the few days leading up to our game. So it was just a soggy mess yeah. and you would plant like on kickoffs. You'd plant and you decide like you'd slide like mm-hmm. three inches. It sucked. I mean, it was it was cool playing in the Yankee Stadium, but I would not I would I would not like to go back to the pinstripe bowl again. I yeah. do have good news for you. Chase
0: Field has a dome. OK, so and it's also in Arizona, so there shouldn't be any snow. Okay, But also, that's where I State won their first bowl game in 2000. Get out of here. So against okay, too
1: Pittsburgh. There
0: you go. I knew that. I believe Paul Rhodes is on the staff of Pittsburgh
1: at that time. Yep. Daryl Revis would have been there, probably. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, one one of the two.
0: One of the two. I think Larry Fitzgerald was there, but Jermaine Billups goes down Iowa State history for that game.
1: There we go. Continuing on here, so Fox Sports projects Iowa State. This would be a fun one. Uh, Fox Sports projects Iowa State versus Oregon State in the Independence Bowl, which the Independence Bowl would suck. I don't think we're going to go there. See, I think the worst part about that...
0: Actually, no, I take that back. I was thinking the Independence Bowl. I was going to say the Independence Bowl played on December sixteenth. So yeah, it's like That's way too early. Yeah. The other games are you know, the twenty third, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty nine, thirty,
1: January first. Yeah, that's in like two weeks. Yeah. No. Um bowl games need to be like right around Christmas time in my opinion. Like like the like the ones you want to play in. Mm-hmm. Um so they you know they Fox Sports projects I would say to play in the Oregon uh play Oregon State in the independence bowl. Oregon State's coach just left to go to Michigan State so he won't be coaching them. Did you know that?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. So before we move on, the news broke like 15 minutes before Oregon State kicked off. Right before. Night. Yeah. Oh, so that's it's terrible, like, man. could you imagine going to an Iowa State game and on your way in, you know, you're having a good time, you tailgated all day, and oh, Matt Campbell's leaving. Sure.
1: Can you imagine the people that mo- mother effing him in the stands, especially if it's a home it's game? Brutal. Yeah. And they they played Oregon this week too. It's so like that's a I, yeah. I, I get that the you know the the coach needs to go and do his own thing, but I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just maybe I'm too soft. I would at least have the decency to to announce it after the game.
0: Right. Well, and you know, it's not a hundred percent on him. I mean the word kinda
1: got leaked from someone else not it's true. Him. So so it's it's an interesting scenario. One because Oregon State doesn't have a head coach, but I would say put against uh DJ, I'm gonna butcher his name, Ugalele or something yeah yeah. Like that, yeah uh at clemson a couple years ago and i would say he played clemson in the uh camping world bowl um he's now the quarterback at oregon state so that'd be cool i'm kind of curious too what he would do um because one oregon state's like not in a conference right now and two they don't have a head coach so he's a good quarterback so i think he should enter yeah, the transfer yeah i didn't know really anything about that um his brother plays for oregon so Want to go down the street um, and then also Ames and Corvallis are very you know similar cities. I've heard mm-hmm. that Corvallis is just like, just like Ames. So that's what our boy Chris Felica said. Yeah. So that'd be cool. That'd be cool to um, play against them, but not in that bowl game. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, one ESPN writer thinks Iowa state will play Minnesota in the guarantee rate bowl in Phoenix, which sound th- familiar does, we, you know, guarantee rate bowl. Like I said, you speed inside bowl. Um, so yeah, so I you were in Tempe, right? Yeah. So we, we played, we played um, in Arizona state stadium, which I was, was a really, I was really, at that game. really cool place. Um, you're probably like twelve at that time, were you? No, younger. I would have been eight. Wow. Um, yeah, Sorry. dating me, man. Um, so, so that game was used to be played at Arizona State Stadium, which is really cool. They have they had a Arizona State um, Pat Tillman played at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. They had like a really big um, like memorial for him in their in their stadium, which is really cool. So I, I hope you know Iowa State plays. I know they play at Arizona State in a couple of years. Um, that, that, that That's it's a really cool thing to see. So I hope we're able to, you know, I guess highlight that when Iowa State does play there. Because I saw that BYU, when we were playing BYU, yeah, they weren't playing in Ames, but they had a big piece on Jack Trice, mm-hmm. which is a really cool yeah. piece too. Um, so I hope that when Iowa State plays at Arizona State, we're able to see kind of that, that Pat Tillman um, montage, if you will. Yeah. It's, it's really cool.
0: While we're on Arizona State, I need to publicly air this. I am on the Arizona State bandwagon. Kenny Dillingham, my guy. He's 33 years old. He's their head coach. He's younger than me. It's crazy. He, he was the OC at Oregon for a little bit. He's at Arizona State. I think he's a young, up-and-coming guy. I just want to get ahead of this. Arizona State's not going to be terrible the next couple of years.
1: What they finish this year?
0: They were 3-9. and nine. They had first, a couple, first year, though. They had a couple close games. They had a couple blowouts. But they kept it close with someone who they shouldn't have. Um, I won't be able to get that up in time. But Colorado. Could have been, yeah.
1: I think I beat him. Which, yeah, I'm I'm off Colorado, man. I did see that Warren Sapp though, is on their coaching staff now. He is, yeah. he oh, didn't know? He that. just got announced that their tight end coach just announced he's, he's leaving. Colorado just lost like their their quarterback for 2024, 2025, a receiver and a running back in the 2024, 2024 and 2025 classes. Um And then Warren Sapp says, "I'm joining the team, I'm joining the squad." So. So, yeah. Um, and then another ESPN writer uh, has Iowa State versus UTSA in the Liberty Bowl, which that's like the hardest pass of all hard passes for me. Like, no, thank you. I don't play UTSA at all. Don't play in the Liberty Bowl at all. I also saw someone else had Iowa State versus Memphis again, again in the Liberty Bowl. Yeah, like, I saw Get that out of too. here with that garbage. So interesting scenarios. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see a lot more, you know, as um, as Saturday unfolds. Um, there are a lot of games though that, you know like I said the Oregon State or the Oregon um, washington game is kind of a coin flip mm-hmm. it's gonna be a good game to see because you've also not not only got both teams kind of fighting for college football playoff hopes um, but also um bonix and um michael is person michael Penix? Yep. um kind of battling for the for the heisman yep. as well too so that, that'd be a really good game to watch um but then also yeah Louisville and um Florida State playing, too kind of two games to keep your eye on if you're big 12 fans because you want Oregon and uh, Louisville to win to yeah send Texas and Oklahoma out on a on a a goodbye but we'll take your money and and run yeah
0: I how cool is it though that you know we've had a couple years where one two three are pretty locked in and then four five six like well you know anyone could really make it I think you can make a case for like ten teams to make the playoff this year if things go a certain way you know obviously but it's great for college football.
1: Yeah, it is. It is, and uh, it, it stinks that you know the uh, if if Iowa State is able to get into the Alamo Bowl, um, they would probably play um, Arizona, who finished nine and three, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I think Arizona is one of the worst. See, they got. I think it's Jed Fish is his name. Yeah, I think I think they were one of the worst like two or three years ago. we one of the worst mm-hmm. teams. So I'm glad they're joining the Big Twelve uh, next year. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, people are saying you know that Texas and Oklahoma leaving. Oh, Big Twelve's going down. They're G five. It's going to be a fun, I mean, it's... It, here's the thing. They might, the Big 12
0: might not ever win a national championship again. But... but with 12-team playoff. Yes. We will get at least
1: The Big 12 will get at least one team in, though, every year. hmm
0: So, I mean, there's an outside chance of, of a national championship, obviously. You know, you have to be in it to win it, and they will be. But it's going to be a fun league.
1: Yeah. And, and that's that's what I love about, about this new Big 12, um, and really kind of the, how the Big 12 has been the last few years. Yeah, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are always kind of the flagship teams, but Texas hasn't won the Big 12 since 2009. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma has, like, they've kind of been, you know, a steady Just hand. Just a reminder, I was eight years old. Yeah, I was, yeah, freshman in college. Um, <clears throat> sophomore in college, actually. And um, you got me off my thought. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. So, but we've seen teams like, you know, TCU pop up, Oklahoma State pop up, Baylor mm-hmm. pop up, Iowa State was in the, you know, in the, in the championship game, Kansas State. So, in my opinion, having a wide open league is more fun than having... Just and
0: Oklahoma I'm, or Texas. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and I'm not trying to take shots at, you know, the the SEC or or the Big Ten, but Big Ten West, no team in that in that division has a chance at winning the Big Ten mm-hmm. championship. It's gonna be either Michigan, Ohio State, maybe Penn State. Yeah. So the fact that they're kind of going away from not kind of they are going away from divisions, I think will be good for the Big Ten. Or you look at the SEC, it's it's usually, you know, LSU, Alabama, sometimes Auburn and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um then the Big Twelve, yeah, it's gonna be wide open and it'll be just an absolutely electric basketball conference too. So, and I,
0: I think, you know, Big Twelve fans didn't realize how good we had it just having ten teams. It was perfect for the two best teams go to the championship every year and everyone plays everyone. So you don't have these weird tiebreaker that, rules that, that, or anything. That's what like I miss. That.
1: that that's what I do miss is that with these leagues getting so big, not everyone's playing everyone, and we see it mm-hmm. this year, which sucks with head to head. Um you know determining tiebreakers yep. I wish everyone did still play everyone yeah. um which is why I believe that big 12 still has some res- some restructuring to do um the farm again going away in 2027 we gotta we gotta fix that and I think there needs to be not necessarily divisions but kind of pods right um especially with you know teams not just even in, in the big 12 but maybe in the big 10 and um, we'll see how these other conferences kind of evolve too um we've talked about it before on the show but there needs mm-hmm. to be needs to be pods you know to kind of keep some regionality right it. I agree so that's kind of all we got for you today. Um, Jeff may be joining us next week. Um, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Hopefully I haven't been too boring for, for, for the listeners, and uh, we still have some listeners who will join us next week. But um, you got anything else you want to talk about, Aiden? I
0: think we got it all.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you to all of our loyal listeners um, and for everyone who's still listening. Remember, adopt. Don't shop.